0: Has given me the tongue of the land that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear here as the land. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen, amen. So last week, we started on the topic of enough is enough. Enough is enough. You know and I know that even if we don't have it in our lives, we see people around us, we see families, we just see things that keep happening over and over again. Certain times of the year, certain things happen. You see a family... That diabetes started with great granddaddy, started, went to granddaddy, now it's in daddy and it's in the son or it's in the daughter. You see a family that all, everybody is dealing with high blood pressure. You see people, cancer is just like from generation to generation. Or some people just struggle no matter how much they struggle. No matter how much they work, they are hardworking, they are Christians. But it just seems that things never get well for them. And we can rationalize all these things. We can find, they'll tell you it's a genetic thing. But how did that happen? How did that happen in, 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 in Egypt when those plagues were being sent to Egypt? If you took those frogs or if you took some of those things, yeah, there's an explanation. But we knew where it was coming from. So also, we need to think clearly about some of these things. Have spiritual understanding about some of those things that we can break free. The church has taken, like I said last week, two extreme ends. There are some people that find demons or evil spirits, everything is demonic. But then on the other hand, you have those that are in denial that these things don't exist. The, when Jesus gave us the commission for the gospel, he said, preach the gospel, heal the sick, and what? Cast out demons. In the New Testament, Jesus told Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. If I told one of our pa- pastors, get thee behind me, Satan, they would leave church the next day. But Jesus could see that some of the things that Peter was saying, oh, I don't want you to go to the cross. He could see that it was a demon behind it. And he told Peter, get behind me, Satan. He told Peter, I see, Satan has desire to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. This is the New Testament. When Stephen got a whole lot of people saved in the Acts of the Apostles, after he got them saved, the next thing he did was to cast out demons. When Jesus sent the twelve, the seventy, Look at the instructions he gave them. It was to go pray, heal the sick, and cast out demons. If you read Mark chapter 1, the first miracle Jesus did when he went into the church was to cast a demon out of a man that has been coming to church. So why do we think the demons have disappeared now? Oh, they're all in Africa, right? They're all in Africa? Mm -mm. Demons don't die. I hope you all know that. They never die. They will end up in the bottomless pit, but they never die. But we can cast them out and make them suffer while they are here, put them in dry places until their time of judgment. So we cannot be in ignorance. In fact, as far as I'm concerned, once everybody gets saved, you should go through deliverance. I think it should be what we do. Because we are just thinking, oh no. And you can tell the demons not to embarrass you. You can't tell them what to do. Tell them to just leave. But if they decide to manifest and show up and do crazy stuff, we know the power that we have. Jesus said, I've given you all, all power, all authority to threat upon the devil. And he says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's what God says. Proverbs chapter 30 verses 15 to 16. It says, the leech has two daughters. And what they always say is give and give. There are three things that are never satisfied. Four things that never say enough. Number one, the grave. Number two, the barren womb. Number three, the earth that is not satisfied with water. And number four, fire. They never say enough. They never say enough. The enemy will want to kill everything that belongs to you. His whole goal, his whole reason for existence is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. It will never be enough for him. Whether it's a young child, it's not enough. Whether it's an old person, it's not enough. We have to tell him it is enough. We have to say, enough is enough. The barren womb, talking about physical barrenness, but also spiritual barrenness. You see people, they can watch a movie, two and a half hours, no sleep, but sit down in church for 30 minutes of sermon, they are sleeping. They can watch a movie, they can be on that Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever they are talking They can be there for hours and hours. But when they pick up the Bible, they fall asleep. When they kneel down to pray, they fall asleep. Do you think that is normal? We have to tell it enough. is enough. The spiritual barrenness. The financial barrenness. Everything, believers struggle, work hard. We pray. We believe God. But what is holding these things back? It's time for us to start looking at things, looking at things spiritually. When Jesus told Peter, I see the devil desiring to sift you as we. Did, did you all see the devil behind Peter? He had spiritual eyes that he could see what was going on. That's what we should be eyes that see, ears that hear, a heart that understands. We are not ordinary people. We should just not live in the ordinary. We are supernatural. Once you got born again, you are a supernatural person. You are spirit first. And then you have a soul. And then you have a body. You are not a body that has a spirit. You are a spirit. And so you must function more in the spirit realm. Everything you see happening here happens in the spirit first. That is where the battle is. That is where the battle is in the spiritual realm. So we need to step up. You and I. The barren womb never says enough. The earth is never satisfied with water. No matter how much you cry, the enemy is never sorry for you. You can cry rivers. So crying doesn't solve the problem. It's the word of God that solves the problem. And the fire never says enough. Destroying everything that belongs to you. It never says enough, but what do we have? We have the fire of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God. The Bible says it's like fire. That we burn and lick up every little demonic fire the enemy tries to bring our way. Isaiah 22 verse 25. Hmm, this has been my scripture for a long, long, long time. It says, in that day, says the Lord of hosts, what day? The day we are living in now. It says, the peg that is fastened by the enemy, fastened in the secure place, will be removed and be cut down and fall. And the burden that was on it will be cut off. For the Lord God has spoken. The enemy took a hammer and just said, Here, I've pegged you. This is how far you will ever be. You will never rise above this. And he fastened it in place. And God is saying today, not tomorrow, this day. He says that peg that has been fastened in place, today's the day it's going to come down. Every disease that runs in your family, you say stop today. Every financial disaster, every struggle, futility, We We have to say stop it. I cannot deal with de- the demons of my father and my grandfather and my great grandfather and not do something about it and they come on my children, not on my watch. Not on my watch. It stops, the box stops here. We have to get angry sometimes. There's not there's no point denying it because if you deny it, you just give the enemy even more ground to walk. Face it. Call your family together and say, You will see what has been happening in this family. We need to put a stop to it. If they say, no, you stand in the gap. God says, I, I'm looking for a man to stand in the gap. We can stand in the gap. Luke chapter 10, I alluded to this already. It says, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by, by enemies hurt you. Parents cycles that just keep going on and on and on and on and on. Even in the New Testament, if they went to Jesus and said there's a family says so this family has seven brothers. We read this last year, last week. Seven brothers. The oldest married this woman, he died. The second married her, he died. The third married her, He died, and the family didn't decide what is going on here. They waited until all seven brothers in one family died. This is in the New Testament. They went to Jesus. And what did Jesus tell them? He didn't tell them, oh, wipe your tears, this is just normal. Mm -mm. He says, this happened because you don't know. You are ignorant. About what is going on. He says you don't know three times in that verse. You don't know the power of God. You don't know the scriptures. And you don't know what's going on. So whatever is going on. One of the root causes. We talked about it last week. Is ignorance. Denying it doesn't make it go away. Denying it. The Bible says the the children of God. They are destroyed by lack of knowledge. Knowledge. We need to know these things. Then the second one is disobedience. Numbers chapter 14 verses 22 to 23. It says, because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times, God has done so much for them. they saw all the signs. He said, they have not heeded my voice. And because they didn't heed my voice, verse 23, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of these who rejected me see it. Disobedience. Disobedience. They were out of Egypt, but Egypt was not out of them. Imagine people that were giving, they were making bricks. With no straw. They were told to go and bring the, the things they needed to make the, the bricks. And they made the bricks and got the, the things they needed. Beaten. And yet that's where they wanted to go to. To go do what? To eat leeks. To eat onions. To eat cucumber. None of those things I haven't tasted. Do you, t- do you just sit down and be eating onions? Who sits down and just eat garlic? Who sits down and just eat leeks? Put your mouth on fire. But that's what they wanted to go back to. You see how Satan can deceive us into disobeying God? You will make you think that what God delivered you from is where you're going to have the fun. Church is not, oh, you know, church says don't do that, don't do that. No, I really want to go back to what I used to do. The enemy will make you think that's where it is at. No, you cannot disobey God. And when you disobey God, that's where some patterns start. That's where some cycles start. That's where some things begin to happen. And they're happening over and over just because we are not obeying God. Amen? amen? The third thing is negative mindset. Negative mindset. Numbers chapter 11 verse 33. He says, that there we saw, that was when God sent them. When Moses said, God said to go spy out the land. They came back and they said, there. We saw the giants. The descendants of Ena came from from those giants. And they said, We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Did they go ask those people, How do we look to you? But in their mind, they saw themselves, and they just said, Those people also saw us as grasshoppers. So the mindset we have can bring some negative patterns and cycles in our life. If you see yourself as a grasshopper, the devil will see you as a grasshopper. If you see yourself as an eagle, the devil will run from you because that's what you are. It's what you define yourself as. It's what the devil defines you as. They said we saw ourselves and the way we saw ourselves is the way they saw us also. how do we see ourselves what are the things we tell ourselves that is causing us to stay in those cycles and patterns what are the things the enemy tells you you cannot do and you agree with him or what you go around thinking you are I will never succeed everybody in my family nobody's ever been to college nobody's ever done this nobody's ever done that the people doing it do they have two heads do they have a bigger brain than you? What stops you also from doing it? But we just talk ourselves down, 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 down. And the enemy just comes, put his leg and say, exactly, that's who you are. We need to break out of those negative mindsets. That's why it's so important for us to, to, be, to, to spread and to expand our minds. Read. I'm telling you, read books. Read the Bible and then get some books that will m- m- make you learn it. If you're struggling in an area, go to a Christian book, go, go to Amazon and get some good Christian books in that area. And study and see how other people have made it that we in the same position like you. How many books do you read in a year? How many books do we read in a year? Everybody here should at least every month have a book that you read. If you're struggling with finances, get some books on finances from Christians. How to get out, of, how to get out of, of debt. How to manage your finances. If you are dealing with anxiety or depression, there is a Christian that has gone through it and they will let you know how they walk through it. We need to expand our mind. This mind controls everything in your life. If your mind is not transformed and you don't have the mind of Christ, you will never go forward in life. No wonder the Bible says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The only way to transform your life, the only way to transform your circumstances, the only way to transform your finances, the only way to transform your health, is when your mind is renewed. If you are thinking the same thing and you are thinking things outside, is going to change in no way. Do you see people that win the lottery? Go back five years later. They're actually worse than where they started from. No matter how you think, they give you that money, your mind is going to bring you back to where your mind tells you you are. So we need to change our minds. We need to renew our minds. Number four, bring in the accursed into your life or into your home. This is very important, especially for parents that have young children or for adults here. What are you allowing into your homes? What are your children listening to? What are your children watching? Because if you bring an accosting into your home, They are costing will cause damage in your home. Let's read the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 26. This was God giving instructions to his children. And I believe it's the same thing God is telling us. He says, nor shall you bring an abomination into your home, lest you be doomed to destruction like it. Video games that all they do is kill and kill and kill. And your child is in front of that thing for hours shooting and killing people and blood everywhere. What do you think the devil is doing to their mind? And so you see that child hurting somebody and has no empathy, whatever. They have been numbed in their consciousness. He says you shall utterly detest it and utterly abhor it. For it is an accursed thing. I mean, this is scripture. This is what we live by. Some kinds of music, I got to understand that some rap music, if you actually turn the words backwards, they are cursing God. There were some songs that, at least I watched some, what's the name of this thing, I forgot now. But this guy is very good at bringing out what is happening in the society and how it is evil. You see musicians, we put snakes all over their head, cover their right eye. They have blood coming out of their mouth. And they'll put it on the album cover of their music. And our children are downloading it in their their thing or whatever, and they're listening to them. And the parents don't even know. And when they know, sometimes, oh... It's just music. No, baby, it's not just music. It's messing up your children's minds. It's bringing things into your home that you will never know what is causing them. We, we need to be spiritually intelligent. What, what, is your, what are your children? Sit down with them and watch it. There are some games that they can watch that teaches them how to learn things. How to go from level to level in their intelligence. There's no killing. There's no bloodshed. Maybe they're just racing, car racing. And some doctors now, that's how they do all this robotic surgery. So there's some good things. I'm not saying everything is evil. I'm just saying use wisdom, be discerning. If you see now, you see your child is doing stuff that is just firing, firing, and killing people, and killing people, and blood everywhere, and he's laughing... Something is wrong. You know, you go, you go to certain places and you see this beautiful thing. I know for sure where I come from. The tribe. If you, Anyone that has traveled with me, when we buy some carvings, what do I tell you all to do? We sanctify them and we bless them and we, we speak the blood of Jesus and break all kinds of things because I know those things carvings are dedicated to the gods of the land so when you get that thing and bring it to your home and it's a carving and the very you put it every the hell hell breaks loose in your house and you have no idea this souvenir you bought when you travel to asia or or africa or wherever you went to and brought into your home that's what's causing it so if you buy i'm not saying we should live in fear the bible says he's giving us all power buy that thing Put your hand on it, sanctify it, and tell whatever demon they dedicated it to, please leave. You take your thing home. That's as simple as that. It's no big deal. But if it's something like pornography in your home, tell your children, put something that monitors what they are doing on on, on the phone. Put something that they cannot go to any website. The games that they buy, monitor it. That's why you're a parent. You can't just leave your kids to roam and do whatever they like. Be sensitive, amen? This is the big one. I will not finish this today. I'm going to do it, finish next week, because the covenant, I want to stay on covenants. Covenants, which is ancestral transfers or your own personal transfers, this is huge. This is huge. So I do want you all to please pay attention to this. Covenant is what we would call today a contract. Is, for example, any contract, any agreement you enter into that's going to be legally, and I'm using some very deliberate words, legal. Contracts are legal agreements. And they are between two parties. And they are binding. And when they are, usually it's not just one person, it involves a whole lot of people. And it can go from generation to, to generation, For example, God caught everlasting covenants with Abraham. Caught an everlasting covenant with David. Caught an everlasting covenant with Moses. We see those in the Bible. The everlasting covenant God made with Abraham is the reason why Israel is 31 times smaller than the state of Texas. But it's one of the richest countries in the world. All the technology in the world look to Israel, not America. Israel is number one in technology. In, in, uh, in the army or military stuff, second to only America. And that's a state that's 31 times smaller than the U.S. They import 8 billion worth of food to the world. A land that is sm- 31 times smaller than Texas, they produce food on rocks, in caves, name it, they can produce food from it. It's because of the everlasting covenant God made with Abraham. That is says, in you, all nations of the earth will be blessed. The same way the devil makes covenants too. Again, I'm going to say it again, Satan does not want to replace God. He says, I will be like God. God, you do your own. Everything you do, I'm going to imitate it. And so God is covenant, cutting a covenant with us. Satan is also wanting to do his own covenant. And so you have great-great-grandpa. belong to some secret society. And he went there, went there and the initiation ceremony, he speaks some words. Just words. But what has he done? He's got a covenant. And every covenant has promises. And every covenant has consequences. The covenant God caught with his children of Israel was the same thing. If you obey Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you obey, these blessings will follow you. If you disobey, these curses will follow you. Satan is the same thing. He says, if you follow me, usually... People go to these things. I know in my culture, is for protection. They go in there because they want to be protected. They don't want their children to be to be uh, hurt or anything. It's very simple, good intention. And so they go. Sometimes they use blades and they make marks on the body. They make marks on the arm, and then they, they, they dedicate you to that spirit and say take care of this child let this child be successful let the enemies not see this child they take the, they, and they take your blood and they rub it on the god you've made a covenant you might be a child and have no idea you've made a covenant in America here secret societies sometimes some fraternities in college they to initiate you in they make you say words to belong to this exclusive society. To take care of each other. Anywhere you are walking, when they come in and they see that ring, they give you that job. They have made, you have just made a covenant with promises, but they are not telling you the consequences of it. And so you get saved. The blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. You are now struggling because... In heaven, there are, there's a cut in heaven, the cuts of heaven. If you, in the Bible, you will always see God referred to as the judge. Jesus is our advocate. He pleads. We plead the blood. All those things. In heaven, there, is, there are not even just one. There are cuts. We enter the cut of what? The praise. So, Satan can go into the courts like Job. Satan went in and sat before God and said, God, look at your servant Job. Is it not because you blessed him that he worships you and does all these things? Satan went into the presence of God. Why? Because he can go there legally. And so you now are struggling, trying to get free, And you cannot get free because Satan has a legal covenant that somebody made. Either your great-grandfather, your grandfather, or even you, unknowingly. Unknowingly? Because some people join these societies because of the privileges they will get. But they don't tell you the consequences. And so these things come back because of the covenants that have been made. So as a believer, what do you do in situations like that? You join a sorority or a fraternity or some society, they don't even tell you there's something going on. They may not even know what they are doing. But you've said those words. You've been initiated into it. So what do you do? What do you do? Let me just give you examples. Exodus, uh, uh, Teresa, put Exodus 34 up for me. Let's read the scripture before I go ahead. Exodus 34, verses 12 and 13. It says, Take heed to yourself, lest you make a covenant with inhabitants of the land where you are going, lest it be a snare in your midst. Remember, Jesus said, No single word in this Bible will go unfulfilled. Some people say, Oh, that's the Old Testament. Jesus preached from the Old Testament. It's still the Bible. It's still the Word of God for us. Chapter uh, verse 13 says, "But you shall destroy their altars, break their sacred pillars, and cut down their wooden images. So let me just give you examples of some evil covenants that people go into without realizing it. The occult, secret societies, Psychics and mediums, horoscope and astrology, counterfeit religions. There are some churches now, you go in there, they are praying, is mother God, father God. But they put a sign up that they're a Bible-believing God. They're praying and you're hearing, who was telling me? Somebody was telling me that. They're saying, mother God, father God. God is now a woman. I never saw that in the scripture where it says God is a woman. Fornication, sex outside in marriage produces soul ties. It's a covenant. In fact, that, that's a thing, the scripture in, in Matthew of the family with seven brothers, they all died. It could have been something with that woman. It could have been, when you enter a marriage, you are carrying everything that belongs to the spouse you are marrying. Everything that they have is, is following them. And so wisdom tells us that when a couple is mar- getting married or engaged, you need to provide them and break any unholy covenants. Maybe they had boyfriends or girlfriends before that they are now tied with social in their soul, soulish ties. And you get married now, you are comparing your wife or your husband to your ex-boyfriend or your ex-girlfriend. There's a covenant there, so those things must be broken, young people. Before you get married, you need to have somebody provide over you and get your pastors to provide over you and break any ties or any covenant that's coming in so your marriage can start on a good foot. Like I said before, certain music, video games, and then practices like palm reading, hijabas, tarot cards, crystals, all of those things, if you've been involved, you need deliverance. You need to come and let us provide you. Believe me, deliverance. Because we see people lay, you know, on the floor screaming and, and vomiting and rolling their eyes. It's, it shouldn't be a big deal, really. It should just be a way. There are some steps I will give you. You can even do it yourself at home. It's not. We, let's not make a. We make a big deal out of it that people are now afraid. Of, oh, I don't want to fall down. I don't want to do this. No, just go through the steps that the Bible gives us to do. And, Gather them out, but don't ignore it. Quickly, let's go over these levels of attack quickly, quickly, quickly. The levels of attack, number one, is deception. Deception can be a level of attack that allows circles and patterns in your family. There are some people that will just argue, argue against the Bible. Whatever the Bible says, they will have something to say. Or they are the ones on their Facebook page. Everything they do is to, is to talk bad about a pastor, a preacher, what they are doing wrong, what they are not, you know, as if God has made them the judge. It's a level of deception that can cause demons to come into your life. Number two, manipulation and control of certain areas. When evil spirits just control and manipulate people's mind side and, and cause them to do things and, that they hate. The things that I would do, I can't do it. The things that I hate, that's what I find myself doing. You just find yourself caught in that cycle. You you repent, you you cry, and I won't do it again. The next day you're doing it. Those things need to be broken off of you. That's the level of attack that the enemy has. These are the two, deception and manipulation and control, these are the two that Christians deal with a lot. So when you talk about deliverance, people are thinking of the third level, which is the complete possession. Like the man at the the gathering, the gathering man, that his whole spirit, his whole body, his whole soul were demonized. Christians cannot be that way. Because we already have the Spirit of God and where the Spirit of God dwells, no other spirit can come in there. But Christians can be oppressed in these areas of manipulation and control. In this area of deception, and he allows this, the demonic evil spirits to come in and oppress people. But let's see, see what Luke 11 says Luke 11 21 and 22. He says, When a strong man, <laughs> whew, I love this scripture, when a strong man fully armed guards his own place, his goods are in peace. But see what he says in 22. But when a stronger man comes in, who is the stronger man? Yes, yes, yes. They said, when the stronger than he comes upon him, he overcomes him, he takes from him all the armor in which he trusted and devises his poise. Takes back whatever the enemy stole from you. and said, take back, give it back seven times more. We We have the stronger man inside of us. We have the stronger man inside of us. We have the stronger man inside of us. Who is the devil that can take our things when we have the stronger man inside of us? Hallelujah. That's how you break free. Activate the stronger man in you to come in and take over. So how do we break free? Ten points real quick. You all give me five more minutes, right? Hebrews chapter 12 verse 22 to 24. It says, but you have come to Mount Zion. You have come to Mount Zion. In Mount Zion, the Bible says, there shall be deliverance. And it says, in Mount Zion, the house of Jacob shall take back all their possessions. Hallelujah. It says, you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. To so the general assembly and the church of the firstborn. Who is the firstborn? Jesus. You have come to him. Who are registered in heaven. To God the judge. God is the judge. Jesus is our advocate. Let the Satan go and tell him this is what they did. The advocate will say, see my blood. And the judge will take that gavel and said, Canceled. Cancelled. He says to God, the Judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. Your loved ones in heaven watching and say, Yes, Lord, yes Lord, judge on their behalf, judge on their behalf. He says to Jesus, the Mediator. Hi. Do you see what the Scripture is saying? To Jesus, the Mediator of the New Covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of abel we have the blood of jesus so that's what breaks those evil covenants that's what breaks those cycles that's what we break those patterns in your life the blood of jesus the blood of jesus Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 says i heard a loud voice saying in heaven Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of Christ has come. It has come. Not going to come, it is here now. What is here now? It says salvation. Salvation from every evil works in your life. Salvation from every evil patterns in your life. Salvation from every disease and every pattern and cycles in your life. It says salvation has come. Has come. He says, and strength, and the kingdom of God, and the power of his Christ have come. Why? For the accuser of the brethren, who accused them before God. You see what I said? There's a court in heaven. I'm going to come up with a message, the courts of heaven, by God's grace. He says, who accused them before our God day and night. He's accusing you before God day and night. He's never tired. That's why I said, we have to say, Enough. He never says this enough. Day or night, you are sleeping at night, he's accusing you before the before the Lord. You are awake, he's accusing you. He's done accusing you, he wants to accuse your children for what they didn't even know, they don't have a clue about. He says, for the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been what? Has been what? See how we overcome him, and they overcome, eh, overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. We have the answer right there. We have the answer right there. Satan, I rebuke you by the blood of Jesus. And then when he has set you free, come and testify. He says, by the blood and by your testimony. When he's done it for you, please don't be quiet. Please don't be quiet. Don't be ashamed. Let people know what God has done for you. How he has set you free. Because when you do that, you are giving him another conk in his head. You are slapping him again and you are stuffing him under your foot. So the blood and your testimony. And then the word of God, The bible I read it last week. It says the word of God is like what? It's like fire. And the word of God is like a hammer. No matter how hard that thing is. So you have the word of God. You have the blood of Jesus. And you have your testimony. Satan cannot resist and overcome those. Amen? And then when that is done, when you've been set free, please live on God's side. Stay on God's territory. You see those dogs on the leash when the owners are walking them in the mornings? No matter how that dog tries, that leash holds it. It can't let go so far. So you can be doing your running and your walking, and they can back and come. But you know the owner is going to hold them back because they can't let go so far. You dare not go on their own side and go close to them. <laughs> if you do that, you're going to be beaten. So when God has delivered you, stay on God's side. Stay on your territory. Don't go into the dog's territory and expect not to be beaten. If you go there, he will bite you again. And then get rid of everything. Get rid of everything. Go through your house and do a san- sanctify your house. Do a spiritual cleansing. Ooh. God, how can I finish this? Stand up to your feet this morning. I will continue next week. Because I really want to tell you about Esther. I was reading that this morning and God showed me. Do you know Esther and Mordecai were the ones that broke the covenant? That Saul, God gave Saul instructions. Saul, he says, go to the king of Anak, of the Amalekites. He said, go and destroy. Before, I'm like, why would God want the king to destroy the men, the women, the children, the animals, everything? He said, destroy everything. Paul went and spared the king of Agag. Of the Amalekites. And Samuel came and said, God told you to do this. You didn't do it. So he took his garment and tore it and said, So God has torn the kingdom away from you. 500 years later, guess who Haman was? Haman was from the Agags, the Amalekites. And guess who Mordecai and Esther were? From the house of Kish. The same house with Saul. The demons that Saul refused to deal with. 500 years later, Esther and Kai had to deal with that demon. And I'm going to show you next week how they dealt with that demon, how Esther presented herself and took care of that once and for all. Raise your hands this morning. Raise your hands this morning. Show. I'm going to say if you have something you're dealing with or if it's somebody that you know in your family that's dealing with it, please come to the altar. Come to the altar. Please, don't look at anybody. You know what you're dealing with and you know what your family is dealing with. Come to the altar. Let's put fire on these demons today. Let's put fire on these demons today. If there's a pattern in your life, If there's a parent in your family, come to the altar. Let's deal with these demons today. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. enough. We are saying in this church, no more. No more. Give me some oil. No more. Please, be patient. This is not the day to be in a hurry. Please, and when this is over, if you want the church, if you want me and some of our pastors to work with you, please let me know. If you know anyone that's dealing with issues, if it doesn't make sense, don't try to make sense out of it. Let me know. Come here. There is help here. There is help here. So, yashanderebo kande yaraba. Oh, your shenderia, the most I release you in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over oh, every pattern. I enforce the blood of Jesus. I enforce the word of God that says you are free in the name of Jesus. I enforce the blood of Jesus. Every demonic covenant. That is bothering this family, this boy. Come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. I am for the blood of Jesus. I am for the blood of Jesus. I am for the blood of Jesus. Satan on the devil. The blood speaks against you. The blood speaks against you. I am for the word of the Lord that says you are free. Every head is on the foot. right now. It's removed. It's unfashioned in the name of Jesus. Oh, Every, blood, every every class every class can we have the prayer food, partners please partner. come up front please ah, prayer partners i speak the blood over you i'm from the blood, over you. The blood of my